as we were praying about what this would look like, these next few weeks would look like, whether we did a wrap-up service and then we went into our vision series or how we would move forward, we decided, you know what, the first, the first vision or the first pillar that we have here at the Grace Works is worshiping God passionately, worship services built on grace. What does that look like? And we decided, you know what, there is no better way to talk about our worship services and to, to have it mixed today with a wrap-up, which is what we did, uh, because that's what we're all about. We are here trying to help uh, you guys grow in your faith, become the, the men and women, the sons and daughters of God that he desires for you to be. And so we're going to humbly move forward in that. We're going to teach from God's word, and then we're hoping for life change. And so when we taught through Jonah, we were hoping and praying that God would use his words, not our words, but his words to change who you are. And you can see from their testimonies today that, that that's what's happening. And we are grateful and humbled by that. Next on our list there, we have families. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Next week's going to be a normal sermon. So if you feel ripped off that the worship team only sang four songs, we'll be back to our normal six. There will be a little 25, 30-minute sermon. It will appear more like a normal worship service. Uh, The third week, we're going to talk about community groups and how important community is. And that's where the life change really happens. Again, if you don't believe me, talk to Jennifer, right? Life group, or the life comes through those groups. And then the fourth week of our vision series, the, the community service outreach, blessing the community, that will be the week that we will not meet in here for a worship service, but we will meet right outside these doors and we'll have a few different projects around town. Don't take that week off. If you want to skip a couple, because you feel like you got to, do that in the next couple weeks, because we need you here three weeks from now to bless the community. Uh, And so we're really excited about the vision series, worship families, community groups, and service outreach. So today we've kind of talked a little bit about Jonah, the wrap-up, and how God has been working in our lives, and that is so important. We're going to come here, we're going to preach God's word, and we're hoping for life change. We're trusting Holy Spirit to do that. And then what does it take, though, to put on a worship service? So I'm going to try to get through my notes here in about, seriously, 7 to 10 minutes. And then for the last 20 minutes, we're going to have an opportunity to literally get out of our seats. I'm going to make you guys uncomfortable, and I'm going to ask you to walk to the back. And in the back, we have some tables set up, static electricity, with some signs on it. Okay, so over here we have youth group. Yeah, youth group. Okay, she's going to keep doing it alone, I guess. Raul and Mish and a great group of volunteers put on a youth group every week. Okay, and then they do special events. Well, they need help. And right now, we are thanking God every week at our staff meeting for the great volunteers. So if you're volunteering there already, thank you and keep doing it. But we always need more people. And maybe God has laid on your heart, I could help out on Wednesday nights for a youth group. I could feed into some people's lives. Well, they're going to have some information there. Go talk to them. You'll see their sign. Go talk. Or if you're a parent here and you have a child in 6th grade through 12th grade, take that child over there. They're going to talk to you about youth group. They're going to talk to the child about youth group. There are going to be some opportunities to win some cool gifts over there. If I was in 6th grade through 12th grade, even if you don't go to youth group there, I would get over there, 
There's Starbucks cards. There's candy. Get over there. Now, not quite as fun, but I will be there. Uh, there's a table in the back, first impressions and hospitality. When you walk in and you see the, the neat looking, uh, uh, I don't even know what it's called, Gwen. The flowers, the pumpkins, I mean, the way that they make it look, the tables, that's the first impressions, right? They set it up. They try to make it pleasing. We try to take a, a, a room that is full of 600 kindergarten through third graders spilling grape juice on the floor, right, and running around with basketballs. We try to make this into a worship center, and there's a need. That's our first impressions. Hospitality is the food that you enjoy before, the coffee you enjoy during, and the food you enjoy after. If God is saying to you, hey, I could maybe help out in that area, one of those two areas, come see us over at that table. On this side over here where Hayden is waving his hands incredibly uh, fast back and forth, we have set up and tear down and worship arts. I stole his sign because I wanted to show you what the signs looked like. Over there, uh, Dave Pyle will be there, pastor of tallness. Hayden will be there, our worship arts director. If you're a musician and you'd like to see if your talents fit in with our worship team, go talk to Hayden. If you have uh, a capable body that can come here and help set up or can stay a little bit late afterwards and tear down, go over there and see Dave. They'll be able to give you all kinds of information on that, what that looks like. And it's not an every week thing. If we get enough of us to say, I'm willing to do it, we can start scheduling people out. So it's not like we need you every single week, but we do need to transform this place into the service area and the children's ministry and everything else. And then also we need to have a worship team, which God has provided us a pretty incredible one right now, wouldn't you say? Amen. But there's always room for more if that's a gifting. The final place you can check out afterwards and probably my favorite and the most important is you know if you've come to the Graceworks more than a couple of weeks that God has blessed us with a lot of families with younger kids. And we are a heavily populated uh, younger kid church. And so every Sunday morning, we try to provide from kindergarten or from nursery all the way up through fifth grade worship experience for our children. Uh, back in the back corner, I see Linda and Christy. I'm assuming the light is glaring on me, so I don't know for sure. They are the people that everybody needs to talk to. And if you are willing to just maybe serve one in eight, that's once every two months, and just be a volunteer to go in there and be a safe set of eyes, we need you. If you're willing to come in there and lead a, a little talk, a little conversation with material that she's going to give you to help our children hear about Jesus, she again is going to be the one you're going to want to talk to. We want to provide the most excellent child, um, kids ministry, uh, Sunday school, whatever you want to call it, child care during the worship service that we can. And, and so we're, we're going forward with excellence. And Linda does an incredible job, but it takes a village. When we're literally at about 200 people on a Sunday morning total, and there's probably between 60 to 65 kids, and that's just kindergarten through fifth grade, and maybe even more than that some weeks, and we want to keep those kids safe. Okay, I'm using all my time here. i got to get into my notes, or we are not going to get done, and I promised that we would. Um, so I'm going to go through what we do. This is going to be kind of quick, uh, and so just try to, try to run along with me. A slight jog, let's say. I'm not going to try to fool anybody. I'm not running very fast. Uh, but these are some things that we do here at the Grace Works, okay? We sing. 
right? We are called in Scripture to sing to the Lord. We should take that seriously. And you know what? When we first planted and launched the Grace Works, there were a lot of nights that I stood up front here by myself, you know, getting ready to preach, get myself all pumped, and, and, and it felt like I was the only one singing. And, and my voice isn't that great, but I love to sing. I love to worship God, and I just acknowledge that I'm not that great. That's why I come to the front. That way nobody has to sit in front of me, right? So Hayden will be up here, and he'll hear me singing and sometimes smirk at me and laugh at me. But I'm going to worship God, right? Well, we are all called to worship that way, and we have grown as a church. I just stop singing sometimes, and I listen to you guys sing. And, and that helps me and my spirit get to a place of worship. But we are here as a church to learn to sing, okay? Even if you don't think you can, because God desires our praise, right? Your church and your God will benefit when we sing praises to him. I hope you believe that. That is so important to us as a church. Um, whether you sound good or not, we need you doing that. We preach. The Word of God is our only source of truth here at the Grace Works. It's very rare that we will do anything off of preaching through a book in the Bible. We value God's Word so much. We don't skip verses because they're tough to preach on. We don't skip passages because they're not popular in society. We grab a book. We pr Okay, I make it sound like we just grab a book and go, which we kind of do, but we pray over it as pastoral staff, as a leadership group. Where do you want us to go next, Lord? And so we're going to go into Mark. We're diving into a gospel, and we're so looking forward to that. But we're going to start Mark 1-1, and we're going to work our way through the Bible or through that book. And, and that's the way, because we value God's word. We want to preach that with, with passion and conviction because Really, the biblical truth is the truth we need to lean on as a church. Amen? Not just information. You can get that anywhere. The next thing we do is we pray together. There's something about praying together, something unique, something beautiful, something powerful. We agree uh, with each other in prayers. We, 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 we vocalize what's going on in our heart, right? Right? And an opportunity that you have as a church to pray is to pray together at community groups. Some weeks I am blessed. I mean, I, every week I'm blessed at community group. But some weeks the way that people pray for each other is so incredible. And so when you get to that place where you can share what's going on in your life, what's going on in your heart, and somebody else can pray for you, it's, it's awesome. So it's not just the pastors. It's all of us. We need to own the prayer. We need to become people of prayer. If you don't think you know how to pray, you're just talking to God, right? It's like a conversation, even though it feels one-sided. But I'm telling you, Holy Spirit will start confirming things in your heart. And a place to learn how to pray is definitely through community groups, but praying here at the worship services also. We give. We give of our offerings, okay? At the Grace Works, I like to talk about the money the same way that the Bible does. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you you have to give a certain amount. I'm not going to tell you you have to give weekly or monthly or anything like that. I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, convict these people of what they need to do to support this church. We're wide open with our information on where every dime goes so at that point we just set step back and say holy spirit help us to be a generous church right 
we're, we're supporting the Honduras uh, missionaries, right? He comes up, he speaks, he, he needs a translator. I'm wondering how much is getting through. And, and my good friend Jen over here, or no, 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 Jen too, but the Tillmans are up here testifying about it a few months later, that we are a church that is changing lives around the world. Well, I can't do that alone. We have to do that together. We're called as a church to be generous. The next thing is we observe the Lord's Supper. We do that weekly. Now, if you came from a church that maybe the pastors handed it out, that's great. If you came from a church that maybe they only did it once a month because it's a special occasion, so one Sunday night a month we're going to do it, that's great. There are a lot of different ways that we can observe the importance of the Lord's Supper, the final meal that Jesus had with his disciples. We choose to, do, choose to do it one way. It doesn't mean that it's the only way. But we want you every week to focus in on the cross, on that night that Jesus was betrayed by his closest friend, one of his closest friends, I should say. He was betrayed, right? And the agony that he went through to be the sacrifice for you and me. That is important. Every week, if we are not pointing you to the cross of Jesus Christ, no matter where we find ourselves in Scripture, you need to come to us and rebuke us as pastors. And, and if, we can, if we can't figure it out and keep doing it, you need to find another place to go because the cross is everything. Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made on the cross. So the Lord's Supper is very important to us. Uh, and then we share food. Again, we talked about uh, in the back there that we, 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 we have a hospitality uh, team that, that puts some food out. We want people to stick around after the service. And we found that if your kids have a plate with a couple pieces of cheese and some chips, that you're going to stick around and get to know each other. And it's in those conversations that friendships develop and, and we see God work. The next thing, we, so that's the what we do, the, the why we do it. This is probably the most important part of it. But we're going to see the potency of togetherness. I love this quote from John Piper. Christians received the heightened experience of worship in the corporate context. Our own awe is, is, is made even more full. Our adoration is increased and our joy is doubled when we worship together. We need to be together to worship. We can't do this alone. Pure adoration. God is great and greatly to be praised. If you're taking notes and you want to look at it later, we got this information from Psalm 96, right? It, it, ver, the first four verses, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous work among the peoples, for great is the Lord. That's why we do this adoration of God. We are under a constant call to holiness. Corporate worship helps us in our personal sanctification. For you to become more like Jesus, uh, you need to hear the word. You need to hear it preached. You need to be challenged. And that comes through corporate worship. Comfort and assurance, right? Corporate worship gives you the assurance that what you are reading, what you believe is the truth. When you're out there on, the, on your own, you're going to start questioning things. But when you're together and, and you can question things together and you can say, I'm struggling in this area, you might find 
the Lord speak to you through the, the pastor. You might find the Lord speak to you through worship time. You might find the Lord speaking to you and assuring you, giving you comfort through community groups. It is a healthy routine. We all know scheduling is important, a healthy routine to get into, right? Uh, Theodore Roosevelt had a quote where he, he says something to the effect of, you may worship God anywhere and at any time, but the chances that you w uh, will not do so unless you have first learned that practice, right? If you haven't learned to worship him somewhere in particular, you're not going to do it when you're out on your own. So it's good to come here and to learn how to worship the Lord. And then, of course, uh, you can do that anywhere you go. The last thing here in this section and why we do it is it is pure obedience. Okay? Hebrews 10, 22 to 25 says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil uh, conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, right? Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. We are here to provoke one another to love and to good works. Not forsaking, the author says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. He's talking about church as the manner that some have, but exhorting one another and, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So much more as you see the day approaching. We need to be together to encourage one another and we are commanded to do that. So that is, is the, the uh, sorry here, I had that there. The, he has here the why, but that's, the, that's why we get together for the worship. Now, when we do our worship services, there are some things that we want to do here at the Grace Works, uh, not because we think that we need to put on a big show, but one of the things that we want to desire to do is everything we do, children's ministry all the way up to the preaching and, and the worship and the food and everything else, we want to do that with excellence. Okay, so this is the how, uh, even though it says why, this is the how. We are going to strive to do everything with excellence uh, at the Grace Works as much as we can. That is one of our values uh, as a church, and that's why we need you. We can't do this on our own. We're going to try to do it with a smile. Uh, the greeting ministry is extremely important, but I also want to see people on the worship team with a smile. No matter what you're doing here at the church, we're going to do our best to be smiling while we do it. The third thing there is we're going to do it with conviction. Again, I don't want to stand up here and twist your arm and make you do children's ministry one and eight. I want you to say, yeah, this is the kind of church I want to be at, and I want to be a person that wants to serve here at the church. The conviction should come by the Holy Spirit and not by the pastors. With kids in mind, we are a church that has kids. Now, for the older people, okay, whose kids have moved on, we need you. We desperately need you. We need you not only here to help us serve, but we need you in community groups feeding into those younger families, right? For couples who don't have kids, that is great. Come and love on somebody else's kids for a while. It's something we all can do, right? For us, like Gwen and I, our kids are all getting older. They're almost out of the house, three in college. It gives me an opportunity to go in there once every eight weeks and hold some babies, or help out with some toddlers, right? We don't even ask you to change the diapers. 
Well, Paige, the parent, they do it themselves, right? So it's great. I get to hold a baby, and if it poops, I'm calling you, right? Get in here, take care of your kid, and then I'll hold it again, right? We all can do this, right? And, and we want to keep kids in mind as we move forward. And lastly here, we want to keep unbelievers in mind as we do everything that we do here. I got to acknowledge there are some people probably sitting out here this morning that haven't necessarily placed their faith in Jesus Christ. They're on their own path still. They're working their way towards deciding what to do with this Jesus who lived 2,000 years ago. Everything we do, every service that we have, every uh, ministry that we work through, right, we need to keep unbelievers in mind. So... That brings us to this part. Uh, it looks like I left us about 12 or 13 minutes is all. Okay, my goal was 15. Um, but we are going to have an opportunity. The lights are going to come up. The music's going to come on. And nobody's going to be standing at the door and saying you can't leave. Okay? So if you walk out, we love you and we hope you're back next week. But I want to challenge you to get uncomfortable. I want to challenge you to make your way towards one of those tables to ask questions if nothing else. There may be an opportunity for you to say, I am willing to do setup, take down my name and email address, let's try to figure this out, some sort of schedule. But you may just have questions too. Youth group, children's ministry, worship, setup, tear down, first impressions, hospitality, wander around, look at the signs, listen to the music, grab some more coffee, and in about 10 minutes, I'm going to hop back up here on stage, I'm going to pray. Doesn't mean the conversations need to end, but the kids' ministry, they'll start coming back in, we'll have our normal food, and we'll move on, and next week we'll be looking at families built on grace, and what does that look like here at the Grace Works?